what's going on everybody it is your man jonah here coming at you live at 7 51 p.m on wednesday june 29th sorry it's been so long uh two reasons number one my house is in total blah, 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 total demolition mode uh yes we are redoing the kitchen we are redoing the downstairs bathroom and the downstairs entryway including a little itty bitty laundry room my house is two stories tall, but it is only 900, I say only, it's a relative term, right? But about 980 square feet, I think it is, 961, 980 square feet. And that includes a little addition on the back, and that's where the new laundry room, quote-unquote, is going to go. Basically a closet where a washer and dryer can fit. And uh, that's where the bathroom is. So anyway, we gutted the walls, gutted the ceiling, gutted the floor, uh, moved everything into the living room, moved everything into my podcast studio, studio, i.e. the second bedroom, as you guys know, which does not have a floor. And so I'm a little nervous standing here. I'm afraid the whole thing's going to collapse right underneath me. This house is uh, over 100 years old, probably over 130 years old. And uh, there's a lot of weight in this little bedroom right now. And uh, my 170 pounds is not making it any lighter. Uh, but man, I am I am cooked. I am C O O K E D cooked, and uh, so is my wife. She just figured out how to wash some dishes for us, which is awesome. Um, been working together as a team for the most part, but today we are definitely getting a little bit grouchy. It was cool, right? It was cool the first couple of days. Um, setting up shop in the living room. Actually, only half the living room. It's got a big sheet of plastic, you know, all taped up. Uh, we got a, my little camping cook stove in there, and uh, we got our little mini coffee pot, and then the, where the fridge managed to slide over. So we're pulling it off, right? You know, it's uh, it's only probably mm, seven feet by twelve. You know, seven by fifteen. We're basically living there. Uh, but the last couple of days have been a grind. You know, I mean, she's a nurse. I'm a teacher. And uh, I grew up doing this kind of stuff, and, and she's a she's an outdoorsy woman, so grew up working with her hands, but it's been a long time for us, so we're, we're feeling the old joints a little bit, feeling the aches and pains. And then, uh, you know, the sleep, obviously, we're not not cranking the central air anymore. I know that sounds a little spoiled, but uh, we did get that right when we moved in. Now we got a window unit from my uh, dearest grandmother, who's gone off to a home because her dementia is so bad. Not exactly what I would have done, but it's what my family chose. So uh, my relatives, I should say, you know, whatever. You got to do what they got to do. And uh, yeah, so we, we gutted everything. Today we, we spanked a new floor down, so that's pretty cool. But it's been tough. It's been tough. I uh, I, I left school on Friday being pretty grouchy to people. Uh, I just was having trouble dealing with incompetence. And got home from school Pretty sure I did not consume any cannabis, so that was sweet. Like, had another good run of it. And should have podcasted, is what I should have done. I should have podcasted. And then Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, what's today? Uh, Wednesday, so Saturday, Sunday, Monday. No, so Saturday, Sunday, I consumed. And it sucks. I'm living. I mean, first of all, I had some edibles in the freezer. And then I live next to a drug dealer. So one day, I got some smoke from him. Got rid of that, and then the other day I ate an edible, and now I don't have any edibles at all. I had saved all this coconut oil uh, because, man, it works wonders for uh, pain. My buddy gave me one that he made using coconut oil and shea butter, all that kind of stuff. Not an edible, I should say a cream. And I had applied that to my skin, to my wrist, and wow, man, the, the pain was reduced tremendously. It was awesome. And so then I was like, well, what about just, you know, straight up coconut oil? And so I tried that. Boom, same thing. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, cool, I'll hang on to this. You know, I'll use it as a little topical, a little pain relief, homeopathic, la, la, la. Well, you know, I'm a fucking stoner. So I ate a whole bunch of it, and I was cocked. I mean, after being clean for a week or whatever, 
you know, I, I was I was lit up. Uh, I was having all sorts of crazy. You know, I wasn't hallucinating, but the the thoughts were extraterrestrial. <laughs> I'm not sure how to describe it, man. There were moments where God was talking to me, and that's what it felt like. I mean, there was moments of purity and clarity, and then you know, just moments of being all fucked up. So uh, that's why I'm still interested in shrooms. I'm sorry. I know if everyone here is trying to quit hard drugs and whatnot, but I haven't taken shrooms in over ten years, and oh. I shouldn't say over 10 years. It's been nine years, maybe. Um, but man, I, I am tempted, tempted, tempted. But my drug dealer neighbor can't get shrooms. So there you go. And I'm not going to do acid. Every time I do acid, it's like a bing. I get this fake thing in my head. But anywho, I had a message, got an email. And I'm really stoked that somebody reached out because I've been acquiring all these different books, trying to do a little self-help, trying to save the world, so to speak. Uh, double whammy there. Like one of them is the boy crisis. Another one I'm going to get is by uh, Dr. Deborah So, uh, gender dysmorphia or something. I don't know about this whole trans wave that's uh, ripping apart our society. And but oh, oh and I just got uh, Wild at Heart, which uh, by John Eldridge. Eldridge, and it's all about how you know men, uh, you know, meant to be kind of outdoorsy, wild, meant to be going on adventures and uh, being the you know, somewhat of a predator, and all the, I'm kind of generalizing here because I haven't read it yet, but that was the vibe I got from a buddy of mine, and it is biblical, it is biblical, um, it's got a lot of scripture in it, so looking forward to reading that, hopefully get a little direction for myself, you know, hopefully uh, kind of better understand what it means to be adult and an adult, and also better understand not necessarily the why behind being an adult, but like how to make it more fun and satisfying, I suppose, right? Because, man, it is fun on a Friday night. Kick back, have some beers, you know, smoke some weed or something. I don't know. And just take care of yourself, right? It's so easy to take care of yourself. But if we all did that, then the world would go to hell in a handbasket, which would not be good. So I'm going to go ahead and read this message to you guys. Uh, this 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 guy is a stud, Max. Max is a freaking stud. In a hell of a story. So here we go. I discovered your podcast today on a day in which I decided to embark on yet another journey into sobriety. I only listened to a few episodes of season four, but you really resonated with me. It was just a funny coincidence I happened upon the show as I simply typed in, quote, quitting weed, quote, into the search field. And I clicked the first show that caught my eye. I had successfully quit weed for one whole year at the age of 29. I'm currently 31, turning 32 August 1st. Whoa, bro, we're like the same age. And uh, prior to that, since age 18, upon graduating high school, I became a full-blown stoner. It started out as fun and cool, but then life threw me some curveballs, and it soon ended up as a coping mechanism for depression. Around age 25, I became a dealer as a full-time job, which only took my addiction to new heights. Edibles, oils, waxes, and strains galore. A pretty respectable glass collection and the old volcano vaporizer. I was always savvy with my cash, though. A decent saver. So I got out of the game and I took all my earnings and started a life in California. I am from and currently reside in Massachusetts. I did grow a bit from the experience, but I blew all the cash I had. Literally, all of it. And had to run home broken after only a year. There were a few escapes. Oh, excuse me. There were a few attempts to escape the addiction in California, but it came back with me as well. After a few more years of misery, no direction, and a few too many career changes, my girlfriend broke up with me. This is what finally woke me up. But alas, I tempted the beast, and it swallowed me again. After a year of sobriety and downright fear of even taking a nibble of an edible or smelling too hard through some plastic, I caved and tried one measly 5 milligram edible. 
which soon turned into a weekend habit of, well, it's only edibles, to the occasional joint, and you know how it goes. I will say, in my, I will say, all in all, my overall relationship with weed is way more under control, and life in general is a lot better. I ended up marrying the girlfriend. Whoa, yeah, way to go, bro. I have a steady job, and I'm working towards a career as a web developer by teaching myself to code. But I can tell there's a little something holding me back. So it's time to let go for good for real this time. I share all of this with you because I wanted to share with you the one tool that really made the difference for me, and it's this Kindle book called, quote, The Joy of Quitting Cannabis, Freedom from Marijuana, quote, by Chris Sullivan and Edward Donnelly. He's also, I have also read Recovery by Russell Brand. I hope it helped you like it helped me. I am now rereading it. Sometimes we forget, I suppose. Uh, I wish you the best. Sincerely, thank you for putting yourself out there to help other people. It is nice to know you are not alone in a struggle. Cheers, Max. Hey, Max, much love, dude. Much love. Uh, I needed a book. I needed a stinking book. The Joy of Quitting Cannabis. I started reading reviews. Everybody loves it for the most part. It sounds like it's like a, a slight knockoff of Alan Carr Easy Way, or at least that's what some people are whining about. But you know what, man? Like, if it works, it works. Uh, and I've never read the easy way, so to me, it's not a knockoff. Um, the reviews look great. The reviews are outstanding. A lot of people, I mean, of course, it could be all bunk, right? Like, maybe the guy who's selling the book. But uh, we just have word from an actual listener, like a real human being on the other end of the uh, the old cyberspace here, saying that it helped. Uh, so I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Uh, and then also Recovery by Russell Brand. Uh, sounds like that one's a lot of fun. And I, I guess Russell Brand, too, kind of ripped off the uh, the 12 steps. But listen, I'm not knocking the authors, okay? I'm not knocking the authors. I, I've been looking and looking for something. And it's so hard because if you Google that kind of shit, a ton of stuff comes up. A ton of stuff. But to hear it from an actual listener, it's like, damn, that's the real dude. That's the real McCoy. So I got some Amazon gift cards here, uh, courtesy of a few of the parents of students that I have. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and buy that book pretty much as soon as I finish this podcast. Send them my way. I'm starting to get a quite a library here of all these nonfiction books, but hey, I like to read, so it's all good. Uh, it's time. Time to read is a problem. And so I will say the last couple of days of me not smoking, uh, I have filled it with young adult fiction. I think we've talked about this before, but it's those temporary highs, man. I need something fast. I need I need those hits, like bang, bang, bang. Uh, I couldn't read like a Tom Clancy or, or that kind of stuff, like... It's not going to work for me. Don't get me wrong. I love reading long books. I've read many long books. Uh, I like James Harriet, right? Uh, the the veterinary guy. Uh, all things wise and wonderful. All creatures great and small. All things bright and beautiful. Fantastic reads. Very long. A lot of uh, wonderful adjectives in those books. However, in order to satisfy that, uh, whatever that is, the dopamine hit, serotonin, whatever it is, uh, the, the shorter stuff is, is definitely working a little better for me. And, uh, oh, and on the porn front, actually doing really, really good on the porn front. I uh, haven't checked that out in, wow, isn't it, this is terrible. Oh, I've been doing really, really good. I haven't looked at porn in like five days or like four days. Um, wow, when I can get to saying like four months, like that's really, really good. Uh, but, I, I, you know, it's it's another addiction. And uh, this this book here, The Joy of Quitting Marijuana, if it does follow that other author's uh, style, then it's the idea that, you know, we're all addicted to something. And that's Russell Brand's things too, is like, we're all addicted to something. And so how do we hijack it? How do we recognize that um, it's becoming an idol uh, rather than a temporary pastime? And I think one of the things we, I, I know a couple of listeners have messaged me about, and one of the things I've shared with you guys 
And uh, if you're a new listener, uh, I guess open your ears because <laughs> if your sober self is trying to convince you to get high and your high self is trying to convince you to get sober, uh, then we, Houston, we got a problem. So anyway, that's enough of me. I know um, I know. sometimes I, I, I think I have all the greatest things in the world to say and they're probably boring as hell. So let's get into the uh, word that has lasted through time. It's going to outlast me, that's for sure. So uh, Proverbs chapter 19. Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than he who is perverse in speech and is a fool. Also, it is not good for a person to be without knowledge, and he who hurries his footsteps errs. The foolishness of man ruins his way, and his heart rages against the Lord. Wealth adds many friends, but a poor man is separated from his friend. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who tells lies will not escape. Many will seek the favor of a generous man, and every man who is a friend to him... Uh, excuse me. Many will seek the favor of a generous man, and every man is a friend to him who gives gifts. All the brothers of a poor man hate him. How much more do his friends abandon him? He pursues them with words, but they are gone. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who tells lies will perish. Luxury is not fitting for a fool, much less for a slave to rule over princes. And uh, so our interpretation of that, luxury is not fitting for a fool, much less for a slave to rule over princes. Um, Our interpretation of that, comfort tends to confirm a fool in his folly. Um, that's our little side note on there. And dang, doesn't that hit home with the old weed thing, right? Because that fucking lulls me. I don't know about you guys, but it lulls me into this place of satisfaction where my life is fine. In the reality, it's not. Oftentimes, it's spiraling. Um, I digress. Uh, so luxury is not fitting for a fool, much less for a slave to rule over princes. A man's discretion makes him slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook a transgression. The king's wrath is like the roaring of a lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. A foolish son is destruction to his father, and the contentions of a wife are a constant dripping. House and wealth are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Laziness casts into a deep sleep, and an idle man will suffer hunger. He who keeps the commandments keeps his soul but he who is careless of conduct will die. One who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his good deed. Discipline your son while there is hope, and do not desire his death. A man of great anger shall bear the penalty, for if you rescue him, you will only have to do it again. Listen to counsel and accept discipline, that you may be wise the rest of your days. Many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. What is desirable in a man is his kindness, and it is better to be a poor man than a liar. The fear of the Lord leads to life, so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish, but will not even bring it back to his mouth. Strike a scoffer, and the naive may become shrewd. But reprove one who has understanding, and he will gain knowledge." He who assaults his father and drives his mother away is a shameful and disgraceful son. Cease listening, my son, to discipline, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. 
a rascally witness makes a mockery of justice, and the mouth of the wicked spreads iniquity. Judgments are prepared for scoffers, and blows for the backs of fools. And uh, I will say one thing I did this time, you guys, on my... Well, geez, since you guys have been listening to the podcast, I've got to be up to at least 30, 30 or 40, 40 times of quitting here. But um, one thing I did differently this time is I actually texted my brother. Uh, if you remember, I was on a good good streak there, and then Father's Day weekend, he offered me a hit. And I didn't turn it down. You know, I had an opportunity to be a light, to be an example. And uh, this time I texted him, and I texted a, a co-worker of mine, buddy of mine, and I told both of them, that I was going clean. Um, I was I was going to stop smoking. And, uh, of course, my brother says, I agree with this decision wholeheartedly or something like that. I don't know. And, uh, you know, so we'll see what he does with his life. But, you know, he's living his own life. And then my coworker, you know, first he panics. He's like, is everything okay? What happened? Blah, 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 blah. And I just said, you know what, man? Nothing, nothing's wrong. I just, you know, I feel like I have a lot more to offer. And, uh, you know, I'm just, just trying to get better. Just want to have a better memory. I want to be more articulate, and uh, I don't know if I told you guys this, I'm just, I'm just going to recap, so sorry if you already heard it, but um, I got pretty pretty drunk at a staff night, and it's cool, there's some precedent for that, but apparently the precedent is dying off, so I'm, I may be the last one to have done such a thing, and while I was in conference uh, later in the week with a mentor, a guy who teaches a program, an alternative program, where kids go outside, canoe, and fish, and go backpacking. This is in school. This is uh, in middle school. And, uh, it's a program I'm hoping to teach. You know, he shared that he heard the story, and then I shared with him that quote from Coach Carter. You know, what are you most afraid of, Mr. Cruz? You know, our biggest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our biggest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. And so I've been thinking about that a little more, and the question is, how do I how do I not carry around the guilt of not doing, quote, like one more thing, one more thing? And it's not that going through life not giving your your all is okay. I, I agree that you should give it your all. But is there also a point to where when you give it your all and it's still not enough, right? Like I'm, I'm thinking of my extreme athlete friends, a um, girl who was anorexic or, uh, you know, even, even my own wife. You know, she grew up in a house full of high achievers, right? Effortlessly getting hundreds and 98s, you know, while she's studying and studying to get her, her 97s and 98s. Um, you know, it's, it's never enough. It's, it's never enough sometimes. And so I guess how do, we, how do we find that inner peace? Well, through meditation, which I haven't been doing, uh, on and off about half hour here and there, but I don't, I don't even really count that, right? Like it's only when the going gets tough do I say to myself, oh, shit, I better go meditate. That's Vipassana meditation, for those of you who don't know. It's, it's definitely what I would consider the, the superior one, but everybody's got different strokes. And uh, peace from training your, your limbic system, right? Your nervous system uh, via Wim Hof breathing. Another good way to do it. Find a video online. It's about 11 minutes long. And then there's a sense of, of peace that comes from uh, giving yourself to the Lord. And, uh, you know, I don't know what your cultural background was growing up, mine was Christian, and recognizing that there's a, a power and an entity out there that is beyond our comprehension, and our vocabulary is limited. You know, words define things, but if you don't know the thing, then there is no word for it. 
And so we use the word God, uh, but it's been muddied down and watered down, and we've been trained up as to its meaning since we were kids, right? Oh, God, it's the blue-eyed dude with the beard. <laughs> um, or, oh, God, it's the voice that rolls like thunder. You know, uh. But what was what was tapping on my heart? Why was my heart saying I needed to go talk to that mentor of mine? Because I had to drive to another school. I had no reason, none, zero reason to go over there. But I just it was on my heart. And then I talked to him, and he's like, hey, I heard about the drinking, this, that, and the other thing. It's like, fuck. And then I had in my heart today, man, I really need to check my podcast email. And boom, there are two messages in there. It's those kind of things you can't explain. And then, too, when you look back on your life and you think about all the all the times when you shouldn't have made it, if you're listening to this now, you know, you look back and you're like, damn, I, I did that, and fuck, I did that, and... Man, I can't believe this thing worked out. I, I got so many of those, whether it's, a, it's the acid or the, or the drunk driving or hanging out with people who are dealing hard drugs. That's a problem. Uh, or getting into it with professors, you know, or, or going too hard at the gym and giving myself, you know, lucky I didn't have a heart attack or a brain aneurysm. The amount of times I've passed out in the gym going balls to the wall. Uh, I was big into powerlifting and bodybuilding back in the day. And I'll never forget, I was, I think I was 20, and uh, a man came up to me. And, you know, easily in his 40s or 50s. And he said, hey, are you in the Marine Corps? I said, no. He said, how old are you? I said, you know, 20 or 19. He's like, wow. Okay, yeah, sorry, man. I I thought you were like 35 or something. The way you're in here training, holy shit. And I was like, you know, that's quite the compliment. That's pretty cool. Um, another time I got called, I, got, I realized I got a nickname. Somebody gave me a nickname, this old black trainer uh, at the college, very big D1 college, um, which I did not go to. I was an RA for. I actually went to a state school nearby, but we got to use their gym. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had trained various, you know, friends through the years, uh, you know, kind of one-on-one personal trainer style while I'm training, they're training, always with attention to technique. And uh, one of my friends was training alone, a girl, and he walked up to her. He said, hey, you know, you doing okay? You feel comfortable squatting? And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, my, my friend so-and-so has been helping me out. And he goes, oh, red? And she's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got red hair. And he, you know, a white guy gets kind of red when he works out. He goes, oh, oh, you're good. You're good then. And then he walked away. <laughs> and I the oh, man, I take that. I never spoke a word to this man, never. In four years of, of training at that gym, never spoke a word to him. And I guess the takeaway now as I tell this story is that actions speak louder than words. And maybe I should remember that because uh, I'm the king of saying all this badass shit I'm going to do, and then I never fucking do it. So, um, all right, let's let's go to our, our quote of the day. Kind of a long one, but I, I think it's, it's pretty cool. The magnitude of the satisfaction that a triathlete experiences upon crossing a finish line is directly proportional to the amount of suffering he has overcome to get there. This reward knows no ability. Even the slowest of the slow can push themselves beyond existing limits and finish with tremendous satisfaction. But winning often demands and inspires the greatest suffering and thus confers the greatest sense of pride. Often, because of the nature of competition, it is precisely he who has the most guts who is the fastest and experiences the most intense fulfillment at the finish line. 
theoretically then, the most deeply satisfying experience a triathlete could have in the sport, and among the best in life, would occur at the finish line of a race in which he has overcome as much suffering as he could possibly ever endure and knows it. And that is, that is Mark Fitzgerald from his book Iron War, uh, where he's kind of going over Dave Scott and Mark's Allen head-to-head battle. David Scott and Mark Allen's head-to-head battle. So, hey, I'm going to leave that one with you guys. Remember to find satisfaction in the struggle and peace in the moment. We'll see you next time.